You know, John, I had a chance to talk to Quezzi Odolfo Mensa recently for a column I was working on just about how he and Derek Falvey and Andrew Miller all knew each other back in the day when they were rising the business, even before Quezzi got into the sports business. And, you know, we don't get to talk to him very often. He doesn't do much media. When he does, it's usually very structured and he usually doesn't give much away. And it was like my first chance to actually talk just more casually about something. And I found him to be very much like he was during his introductory press conference, which was very charming, very down-to-earth, smart, uh, inquisitive, fun to talk to. And then you listen to the press conferences, and man, he just kind of has slogan after slogan after slogan. So we, you and I are looking at him from different angles. What's your impression of him so far? Well, yeah, I think that my impression, <clears throat> and, and I certainly haven't discuss this with him but I do remember when he first came aboard and started doing press conferences he or or just started to do even like sit down interviews I think he did one with USA Today that that got a lot of attention he did mm-hmm. you know several others and um there were he, there were things that he said in some of those interviews that sort of raised eyebrows, if you want to say it, that, 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 um, you know, there was one Kirk Cousins related, uh, quote that I think, you know, got a lot of attention. And I think that in the wake of some of those, it was never anything that was just explosive or, or, or crazy or anything like that, but it was, I think it opened his eyes to how, every word that a general manager says publicly is parsed and is examined and is, you know, laundered within an inch of its life for any kind of meaning or deeper meaning or all of those things. And so um, I, my impression is, is that after the first wave of, of availabilities that he did, where there were a couple of instances when um, the things that he said were scrutinized and examined, I think at a level that he just was not ready for and did not anticipate. I think now you are seeing what happens with so many people in his position is a much more guarded approach to uh, public speaking. And yeah, I, I mean, I remember too, Jim, his introductory press conference was really insightful into who he is and how he thinks. And, and I think that, you know, he was at ease and comfortable saying what was on his mind. But then when you start to realize that whatever you, whatever is on your mind really does go through this uh, car wash of examination, I think it just makes a lot of people more careful. And that's, you know, I I wasn't at the uh, press conference on Thursday, but I read over the transcript and you can see it. You can see him trying to pick his way through it, um, trying to sometimes it's, you know, either a tap dance or just be diplomatic or or all of those things. And and that's just speaking from a a someone who's experienced at saying something that that maybe was overly scrutinized that and he didn't like it and so now he's just going to be much more careful about what he says that way yeah and it's completely understandable and it's also sad because it is i do think he's an interesting guy and he's basically an interesting guy who's trying to pretend he's not an interesting guy 
and trying not to yes. say interesting things, which is a shame. Uh, yep. You know, one of the reasons he got this job is because he's interesting, because he's different, because he looks at things differently. It's like I was talking to Falvey about all this and, and Quezzy, because he loves Quezzy. And he said, you know, the, the Quezzy's like we are trying to be, which is it's very easy to do things in a traditional way because there's an infrastructure for traditional thinking. He said, but if you do everything the way everybody else does, how do you ever get ahead? You know, and that's the mindset. And and listen, that mindset can fail, but it's probably the right mindset in modern sports. You try to do something at least, you know, a little different, a little better than your competitors. And I think Quezzy wants to go down that path. Um, it, and it does remind me, you and I have both been covering pro sports forever. Uh, it, it just reminds me that the biggest jump in the sports world is from either coach or administrator going from behind the scenes to the number one job. They just, nobody ever has any idea. And they, I remember I talked, Rocco and I haven't had this conversation, but Rocco, a friend of Rocco's and I had this conversation because Rocco's a really good guy. He's a really smart guy. He's, he's, you know, become very accessible and very fun to deal with. His first year, he was in shock the whole year. Mm -hmm. He was like, they want me to talk before the game. They don't want me to talk after the game. And he was best friends with Kevin Cash, the the uh, Tampa Bay Rays manager. And he saw Kevin Cash do all this stuff, but it never registered with him that it's a daily requirement and you have to answer questions multiple times a day and you can't get out of it. And if you don't like it, you're going to hate your job, right? Mm-hmm. And so I under, it's, it's just, and I remember Brad Childers. The Philadelphia writers loved Brad Childers. He was a coordinator. He was accessible. He told stories. He loved talking to people once a week or casually or whatever. Then he comes the Vikings head coach, and he acted like he was in shackles until he kind of figured things out. It's the hardest adjustment to make. And here's the other thing, and I hate to admit this. Modern sports teams don't need us the way they once did. It used to be they needed the local beat reporters to kind of be their conduits to the fans and while it's still a good idea to have that relationship in place for some things, they also can can get around it if they don't. They don't if Kwesi Odofa Mensa or Tim Connolly doesn't want to talk for an entire year, there's nothing anybody can do about it. Yeah, and and here's the the thing that always bothers me, Jim, is um, you know, we in the media really want kind of lament the vanilla quote um you know really kind of uh want we want someone to tell us what they think but when they do tell us what they think we punish them yep yep then we put them through the ringer for it and and so there is very little incentive for uh a a quasi adolfo for a tim conley for anyone in those positions of power to really be candid in these uh in these interviews because there is going to be some aggregator there's going to be some columnist there's going to be some writer there's going to be some tv talking head that takes the words out of context or just tries to really inject a lot of drama in them and sometimes you don't have to work that hard to do it sometimes you do um and and it just is a very um nauseating media machine sometimes that that these guys do have to go through uh they are compensated very handsomely for their uh positions and part of the reason they are paid so well is because you do have an obligation to speak to the media to 
um, to try and open the doors a little bit to your fan base and, and, and explain yourself and be accountable for decisions that you make. But there are still very, um, very unfortunate things that happen to people who want to speak their mind fully. And, and so they, everything is designed to just kind of back them into a corner and have them say nothing. And that's why when you do get a GM, a coach, a player who finds a way to be both candid and not, um, you know, uh, inflammatory, it's such a great thing for us in the business because you do get a, at least a little bit closer slice of truth and of reality than you do covering the Patriots covering, you know, uh, you know, Brad Childress in his early days when he just would give you absolutely nothing. And then you hope that as this, as they go along, as they get more comfortable, as they build even you know more credibility in their positions, they do sort of relax a little bit um, and, and, and just become a little bit more um, open and I, we, I think we saw that with Childress as it went on, as it went on a little bit. Um, I do hope we see that with Quazy because I agree with you, Jim. I think that he is a someone who is really trying to do things entirely differently. And when you talk to people around the building about what it's like to work with Quazy, um, different is a word that comes up a lot. And it's not always maybe the most comfortable. It's not always the easiest. Uh, way to do things, but he has a very um, avant-garde approach, and and he is not afraid of trying to do things differently than they always have been done. And whether that works or not, I don't know. But I'm fascinated with the effort to change a a a an environment that is so. Uh, rigid most times. This is what the GM does. This is what the coach does. This is how you scout players. This is how you identify talent. This is how you draft. This is who you sign. It's very um, much like a uh, it's you know like a military operation with just the way that the order uh, is established. But Quasi's trying to do things differently, and I think that's really interesting to me to explore that. This is the Viking Update Show. He's John Krasinski from The Athletic. I'm Jim Suhan from the Star Tribune. We also, on the network, have Jeff Diamonds, Vikings and NFL Insider. Jeff, of course, former general manager of the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, we talked to him about these kinds of things as well. Uh, I highly recommend at our network, The Chin Music Show. It's taking off. Roy Smalley, Lavelle Neal, myself, with Twins being good. Uh, we keep, continue to grow that show, and it's a blast to do, with, especially with a good team. Check out everything at TalkNorth.com. Best way to listen to any show you like. Subscribe to your favorite podcast app. It is free. It's easy. Thanks to our producer, Brandon Morton. And thanks to our sponsors. We're coming to you from the Aquarius Home Services Studio. I want to thank Aquarius. We also want to thank TSR Injury Law, 612-TSR-TIME, and Star Bank. Um, I, what I really am curious about here is, is Quezzy such a different thinker that he might be willing to go get a quarterback in the first round. I mean, to bring it right front and center with what's going to happen here in the next month. Uh, he has a very productive quarterback coming off his best leadership season, if not his best statistical season, uh, in his prime, very efficient passer, fits the offense, all those things. And you would think that this would be like an, almost an Aaron Rodgers situation. Give him another piece. 
to put this team over the top. But man, the Hendon Hooker stuff, mm-hmm. I, I'm not going dis- to I discount a lot of rumors. I'm not going to discount this one because I love Hendon Hooker. He mm-hmm. is, he's big, he's athletic, incredibly efficient. He doesn't throw interceptions. He raised the profile and the status of an entire program almost by himself. There's something special about this guy, and if you could get what might be a franchise quarterback, the 23rd pick, I don't know how you don't do it. Yeah, I mean, I thought that, you know, the his performance in the press conference was obviously very careful and calculated. I, did, I do think that there are little breadcrumbs that you can look at with some of the answers that Kwesi gave to the quarterback situation um, that indicate they're at least very much considering something like that. He said, you and I, just like you know, and just like I know, quarterbacks are the most important position in our sport. These aren't things you just just decide in the moment. You have to have plans. You have to have a strategy. You have to have different ways of getting to that answer. We've had these conversations. They are ongoing. There are a lot of different avenues in terms of addressing that position. I wouldn't necessarily box us into just one. We do know that it's the most important position in this sport, and we'll treat it with that kind of importance. And you say, well, that's a word salad. Not really, though, Jim, because um, when you look at the way they have handled Kirk Cousins' contract situation, there are a lot of general managers in Kwesi's position with a player who had the performance that Kirk Cousins did last season who would get up there and say, Kirk Cousins is our guy. Like we believe in him. We're going to, we're, we're building around him. Um, he, he showed us everything that we needed to see last season. And that's the way it's going to be. He's our guy uh, through their negotiations in the contract, through these answers in these, in these availabilities, Quasi has indicated that they are giving long, hard looks at different options at quarterback, especially when you're considering the long-term future. And so um, by Quasi saying, you know, saying what we all know, I mean, it's not groundbreaking to say it's the most important position in sports, but it's clear that he really believes that this is a situation that they need to figure out for the long term. And if that means that Hendon Hooker is a guy that they really, really believe in, and especially with Cousins already in the fold, can get a year to sit and just kind of acclimate himself and then and then take over the, the next year or the year after that. I mean, uh, I, I absolutely think they would do that. There are, you know, because it isn't like the super conventional way of doing things. And 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 Kwesi's not a conventional guy. And so uh, yes, I think that there there is smoke, or there's there's a little fire behind that smoke, and that it is very much on the table that at 23 with Hooker, or maybe if he slides down a little bit and they try and wiggle up the the board just a little bit to get him, um, I I would not be shocked at all if they went about that. Even if you could say they have much greater immediate needs at other positions around the team with very few draft picks to try and uh, address those more meat on that bone i want to do i do want to thank uh, aquarius home services again this is we're coming to you from the aquarius home services studio and we want you to know more about aquarius home services 
It's spring, and that means home improvement project. Is this the year for amazing worry-free water? Whether it's city or well, Kinetico provides the world's most efficient water treatment system. Kinetico uses zero electricity and provides treated water on demand. It's easy on salt, and you'll enjoy purified drinking water right from your faucet. Schedule your free water analysis with Aquarius Home Services, your independent authorized Kinetico dealer. We're just a click away at KineticoMN.com. Aquarius, earning the right to be recommended. Thanks, all. TSR Injury Law. They sponsor so many shows on our network. Uh, they're such a big entity around the Minnesota sports scene. Uh, we love them. We trust them. If you are ever injured, call 612-TSR-TIME, 612-TSR-TIME. That's all you need to remember. What you should also know is that they will not charge you unless they win your case, and they win a lot of cases. That's why they've become such a great Minnesota success story. 612-TSR-TIME. also want to thank longtime sponsor, Star Bank. Big banks aren't the only ones with mobile apps and convenient financial services. I'd like to tell you about Star Bank. Star Bank is an independent community bank in Minnesota. They're family-owned and treat customer relationships as a top priority. Priority. You're not a customer number at Starbank, and they have no call center. It's just banking how it should be. A throwback to the good days. Mobile app check. Convenient services. You got it. Check out Starbank for yourself for deposits and lending solutions. Work with a local community bank that cares. Starbank.net. Member FDIC and equal housing lender. You know, you said something about, uh, you know, the word salad stuff. I, I was around some people the other day at a press conference, and they were complaining about Quezzy's press conference. And I, I think more like you do, which is, you know, O'Connell got ripped on a little bit earlier this year because he would talk in circles and he would talk a long time after each question and people thought he was trying to run out the clock. What I found with both Quezzy and O'Connell is I think they want you to have some idea what they're thinking, but they also know they can't be too blunt about it. Mm-hmm. And what I found with O'Connell was he would talk and talk and talk and talk and talk and talk and talk. And, talk, and then at the end, he'd give you a hint. Yep. You know, it was like, it was like, uh, it was like with the quarterbacks, right. With Kellen Mond, it was like, uh, after the game where they just, the backup quarterbacks performed horribly. We were in the press conference and we were talking to him and he kind of said diplomatic things, diplomatic things, diplomatic things. And then in the end, he kind of went, eh, you know, he, he let you know that they're going to go look for another quarterback. That's about as good as you're going to get, right. That's about yeah. as good as you're going to get in the modern scenario where they have to be responsible, where they're not going to rip somebody publicly, where they're not going to tell you, you can't tell you exactly what they're going to do. I think when both of them talk, they actually give you some insights. You just have to listen closely for them. That's I, I think that's exactly it, Jim. I mean, you there's there's not going to be a GM or a head coach who comes out and says, yeah, you know what? We just don't want Kirk Cousins here for the next four years. Right. It's just not, you know, we're, we're going to go find someone else eventually. Like that's, it's just not going to happen that way. Um, and because number one, it, it would do you no good in the immediate future. Number two, also, what if Kirk Cousins comes back next year and plays out of his mind, just, just like MVP level stuff? It's possible, like it's not impossible, and that would change the calculus. And then you then you get all these questions of, but you said you didn't want Kirk Cousins, and da da da. So, um, it it you're you're just never going to get the sort of Anthony Edwards. Just I'm telling you exactly what I feel in this moment right now, and whatever is in my brain is coming out of my mouth. Like that's just it. It just is not happening with anyone in a leadership position in most sports, especially in the NFL. And so what you have to do when you are 
um, trying to examine and analyze where they are in, in some of these positions is you just have to both like pay attention to what they're saying in the moment and, and, and compile that with what you have heard from them in multiple other situations, because they do do the Hansel and Gretel and, and just like lay out little, uh, little treats for you to pick up along the path to get you to where you go. One, what I don't believe Jim is that either one of these guys are bald faced liars, um, that will absolutely mislead you, um, along the way. I, think that they will do enough to put out some sort of idea publicly and maybe it will take some interpretation and maybe some people will see things one way and other people will see things a little bit differently but they are not going to be the people who get out there and just speak complete falsehoods to you because they don't they don't care about that part of it and there are plenty of people in those positions that will do that so um it, yeah it does take some sort of you know, putting everything in context and reading between the lines and stuff like that. And it, that can be a little dangerous sometimes when you're trying to connect dots. But I think the dots are there to be connected on most occasions. And it's just, you know, it's just part of the business and part of our jobs is to is to figure that part of it out and, and follow the trail. Uh, no doubt about it. And it's a kind of fascinating part too. And, and again, and, and you, you know, it's funny because I, I covered the, I covered high school sports for a long time. I covered the NFL for four years where it, back when the NFL was kind of the wild West. And the first time I ever really covered a sports team where they kind of told me not only were they good at giving me information, but they were also good about telling me why they told me certain things or why they phrased things certain ways was covering Andy McPhail, Tom Kelly and, and the Minnesota twins, you know, on the heels of their world championships. And basically what they told me was, listen, we're never going to lie to you. We're not going to tell you everything. Uh, and we, and we're going to answer certain questions in certain ways. And you're gonna have to be smart to figure out what that means, you know? Mm -hmm. And I thought it was a really fast. And they also said, we also want to make sure that good information gets out through you. So we aren't constantly putting out fires about bad rumors. You know, it's like, it was a really interesting way. And it, I had these conversations with Danny McPhail with the PR people there all the time. And I, I view a lot of what I do now through that prism, you know, I, and I think they had it right. Don't lie to me. I understand you're going to have to use code sometimes. I understand you're not going to tell me everything, uh, but I also understand you're probably going to leave me a path to figuring some stuff out if I'm smart enough or if I'm well-sourced enough. Yeah. And, and the other thing that you hope for in these situations is um, if, okay, if you do all of this for me, and if I have a question and I'm not seeing it, be accessible to me, even yep. like behind the scenes to say, hey, is, am I right in, 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 in assuming or in deducing this point? Um, because I don't want to put them in a bad position of like be drawing the wrong conclusions. Uh, but I also want to make sure that I don't put myself in the wrong position of writing something that is not accurate and, and, and mischaracterizes things. So like, that's the whole sort of relationship, uh, subject, uh, media relationship that in a nutshell is trying to get to a point where you have a dialogue and a, and, and an understanding with everyone that, 
yes, okay, I'm, I, I don't expect you to be 100% candid with me, but I also hope and be, if this is the way that you want to operate, we have to have some lines of communication open so that if there are gray areas on really important subjects, I can kind of reach back out and make sure that we are on the same page and that I understood what you were saying. And um, if you operate that way, it can be pretty successful and pretty um, uh, productive, I would say. And the people who do operate that way are generally avoiding the brush fires that can be created that versus there are plenty of people who operate and say, I'm going to tell you what I tell you. And I'm not going to say anything more and I'm not going to worry about that part of things. And that that's when they can lose control of their own situation. And so I do think that both Kevin O'Connell and Quasi are savvy enough to understand how to sort of operate and, and, and make this all work uh, without it getting totally out of control. And, and, and that's, that's really all you can ask for in the end. You and I, you and I, Quasi, or you and I, KOC, or you and I, Chris Finch, or whoever might not agree on everything that you say, but at least if you are open and honest with me on the reasons for it, I can at least understand why you are going about things this way. And that's the most important thing is showing some sort of logic to the decisions that are made that can, you know, avoid everyone from being painted as just raving lunatics or, or drunken idiots or whatever it is. Um, and, and just justifying kind of, or, or illustrating, I would say the path that, that comes forward and how they get from one decision to the next. Next week will be a good week to talk more about the draft. Let's hit a couple of NFL notes right now. Dan Snyder, The Witch is Dead. Uh, Magic Johnson and Harris, a billionaire, taking over. Uh, the mo- one of the most embarrassing uh, situations, ownership situations, franchises in pro sports. Uh, thank God for that. I don't even know if we need to say anything more about that. Dan Snyder is a horrible human being. It's good to have him out of that league. Makes the league immediately better. Odo Beckham going to... Baltimore and saying he has no guarantee that Lamar Jackson is going to be there. Uh, I'm sure he doesn't have a guarantee. I'm sure he has a hint though. (laughs) I also, so I I think that's going to be really interesting. Lamar Jackson situation, Beckham arriving and Rashad Bateman, the Minnesota guy uh, having a chance to have a big year. If both those people are in play. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I mean, that's certainly what Lamar has missed in, in Baltimore more than anything is a top flight, you know, number one wide receiver. But to be honest, Jim, is Odell Beckham that still at this point of his career? Like that, I think, is a is a real question that needs to be answered. I mean, he's had injuries and things, but where he's been lately, he was solid with the Rams for sure before he got hurt. But we haven't seen the 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 Giants Odell Beckham for quite a while. And so is he capable of being that guy? We'll have to find out. The, you know, the one reason why I'd actually believe him that he doesn't have full assurance that Lamar Jackson is going to be there is he got a ton of money uh, to go to Baltimore, more than I thought that he was going to get. And so at this point, I wouldn't blame him for taking that money if it was Spurgeon Wynn who was throwing to him. Um, so good on Odell Beckham for doing that. But it would be interesting to see Lamar with Beckham um, and and with that receiver core with Rashad Bateman and see if that really kind of helps him even go to another level. And he's already been at, a, you know, a tremendously high level to start his career there. 
No doubt. All right, we're going to get more into draft stuff and Vikings developments next week. Again, check out Jeff Diamond's Vikings and NFL Insider for the general manager view of the NFL and the team. Thanks for listening. We do appreciate it. Thanks again to Brandon Morton. Uh, Once again, from the Aquarius Home Services Studio, this is the Viking Update Show.